I'm nervous. You know, uh, as you know, Schwarzenegger, I'm back. It's good to be back here. Uh, it's good also to see happy faces. It's good to see you serving the Lord. Keep, keep on keeping on. And tonight, I, first of all, I'd like to thank the Lord for allowing me to be here again. And I also thank you, church, for supporting my two sons, Pastor Jofer and Pastor Jason. I assure you that they are doing their job. They... Uh, They left their dreams to follow the Lord. <clears throat> and my and Jofer, my eldest son, is already married and uh, they got a baby. So that means I'm now a grandpa. I I have a new ministry, they say. Yes, apostolic ministry, because I have now an apo. And uh, that's why I'm, it's easier for me to be homesick because I miss my apo, my grandson. Well, without so much ado, uh, let's open our Bible in the book of Matthew. You have a very, very nice theme. And, uh, of course, it's uh, found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. <clears throat> I miss Pastor Max. But thank God, it's not a goodbye. Because there is a resurrection morning where, where we will meet each other once again. He's a good man. He's so friendly. He's, he's been a father to, all, to, to most pastors in IBMA. And I believe in other mission organizations as well. And we dearly miss him. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. And uh, would you please stand to give reverence to the reading of the word of God tonight. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 40. The Bible said, beginning verse 33, and when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, 
Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord, thank you so much once again for this opportunity and privilege to worship you and to look to your word because we do believe that it is food to our souls. Lord, I pray that you will just be with us tonight. Continue to touch hearts. Empower your words. Use your humbled servant. Make him your mouthpiece. And bless me and make me a blessing to these dear people. All these things I ask and pray for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. In the Bible, the Lord has mentioned about different kinds of greatness. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus mentioned about the greatest seed. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus mentioned about the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus mentioned about the greatest among the disciples. Our Lord Jesus said that the greatest seed is a grain of a mustard seed. I believe that the simple lesson here is that little things can be the greatest. You know the song, Little is Much When God is in It? Furthermore, Jesus said that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is like the humble faith of a little child. And Jesus said that the greatest among the disciples is he who serves. Now, throughout this family camp, by the grace of God, and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, into all truth, please allow me to speak on our first subject, our first topic, the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment? Because the verse tells us about this greatest commandment. Did you hear about the funny story about the three kids who play in the backyard until they talk about, you know, kiddie stuff? You know, they brag about their parents. The one kid said, my mom is the greatest in the world. When we are too noisy, she would just say, hush. And all of us keep silent. With just one word, everybody behaves in the house. The other kid said, that's nothing. My mom is the greatest mother in the world. When we are too noisy, she would just look around. And all of us keep silent. With just one look, everybody behaves in the house. And the third kid said, one look, one word, that's nothing to my mom, he said. My mom is the greatest even all, in all the heaven and the earth, my mother is the greatest. And the two kids wondered and asked, why? Why is that? The third kid replied, because my mom is better than God. God has only ten commandments, but my mom has hundreds, he said. You know, that's a joke, right? Now, speaking of the greatest commandment, 
In the book of Matthew chapter 22, Jesus himself talked about this subject. There is a certain lawyer who personally came to Jesus and asked this question, Master, what is the greatest commandment? My friend, if you will be given a chance tonight to personally ask Jesus one question, what would it be? Just try to imagine if Jesus were here, standing on this platform, and you can have only one question to ask him, what, what will you ask? But to the lawyer, he asked Jesus about the greatest commandment. In order to know the context of this question, you have to know that the Jewish religious leaders in Jesus' time made the religion a very complicated system. This is the reason why. Moses gave the, Jew, the Jewish people the Ten Commandments, but the Jewish rabbis expanded the Ten Commandments to more than 600 commandments. Here lies the do's and don'ts of the law. In other words, the Jewish religious leaders made the simple commandments complicated. So this lawyer asked Jesus, out of all these 600 commandments, what is the most important, Master? What is the greatest? That's the context of this passage. Now let us see the answer of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In the account of the book of Mark, Jesus said, There is none other commandment greater than this. According to Jesus, if you love God, you love others. There is none other commandment greater than this. Loving God. Loving each other. And if you love God and love one another, you obey the entire Bible. Why? Because on these two commandments hang all the law. And the prophets, on these two commandments, hang all the messages of the law and the messages of the prophets. Love God and love others. Can we practice it in words tonight? Please say, love God. Love others. Now, let's practice this greatest commandment a little deeper. Can you honestly say tonight, can you honestly say, I love you to the person beside you. Well, preacher, we are not lovers. We are not husband and wife. Well, tell him, God bless you. I mean, mean what you say and say what you mean. Because according to study, the impact of your words toward others is only 10%. But the impact of your action is 90%. Bottom line, the, it, this boils down to this truth. If you love God, the rest will follow. You will love each other in action, not just in words. And if every Christian loves the Lord, 
Worshiping God is not a problem. Going to church is not a problem. Sometimes religion makes the simple complicated. That's why many young people today do not like organized religion. But that is never the purpose of God because Christianity is never meant to be a religion. Christianity is all about the love relationship with God and with others. Now listen, if you love God, will you hate your neighbor? No, because when you sincerely love God, you will also love your neighbor. These two are inseparable. And if you love your neighbor, will you cheat your neighbor? Will you snub your neighbor? No. Tonight, I'll just give you four simple thoughts about this greatest commandment, loving God and loving others. But for the sake of time, I'll just give you the first two about that. Number one, it's just simple. Love is simply obeying the Lord. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, the wise king Solomon said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, honor God, and keep his commandments, obey his commandments. Why? For this is the whole duty of man. What happens when you disobey? What do you feel when you disobey God? You feel guilty, right? And what happens when you obey? It is also hard to obey. Because it is not our nature to obey the holy God. Because we are sinful. We are sinners. It is hard to obey. It's also hard to disobey. So why not choose to obey? It is good to the soul. Way back in 1995, when the Lord called me to pastor a church in Lawag City, uh, Pastor Kison uh, personally brought me there. Lawag City is the farthest city up north of the Philippines. One day, a church member introduced me to our neighbor who is a medical doctor. Their house is just across the street where we live. Then one day, I parked my car on the road near their fence, near their house, but I'm not blocking any of his uh, gates or doorways. Then the doctor approached me and said, Pastor, would you please move your car onto the other side? of the road because you are blocking the view of my house. <laughs> Have you encountered that kind of guy? And I said, what's your problem, doc? I'm, I'm, I'm just new in the area. This street does not belong to you. It is for public use. What's your problem? No, I didn't tell him that. <laughs> I just said that to myself. But you know what I actually said? No problem, Doc. And I just moved my car with a smile. And from that time on to this day, I never parked my car on that spot. And my simple reason is this. When you really love God, you will love your neighbor. The blessing is we have now a free checkup and prescriptions from this doctor. We make friendly gestures and smile every time we meet somewhere. And when his sister passed away, he called for me to conduct a funeral service for his family. After I preached, he stood to give a response as usual. And this is what he said to the audience. I do believe 
that your church is real, and I thank you for being here. Have you heard about the Baptist Catechism? Have you heard about A.W. Tozer who said, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That is the main purpose why God created man. According to commentary, the word glorify in that catechism simply means reflect or display. In other words, the chief end of man is to display God's love and enjoy sharing it with others. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, I simply say that if the father, if the mother, and if the children, if the Christian family just faithfully display the glory of God, the love of God, our neighbors will see it and they will also say, your church is real. If the church is composed of fathers and mothers and children who really love the Lord and love one another, how glorious the church would be. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in that unity. Parents, if you teach your children to love God, you don't have to worry about premarital sex. Why? Because they love the Lord. When they begin to experience the love of God, they will begin to hate experiencing all kinds of evil in this wicked world. So you don't have to worry, about, uh, worry because you know God will bless their purity. If you teach them to love God, they will honor you. They will obey you. But if the parents and the children do not love the Lord, you know what will happen? Everything is a problem. Reading the Bible is a problem. Praying is a problem. Coming to church is a problem. And even looking for parking space in the church is a problem. Giving the tithes and offering and other financial commitments to the Lord will become a problem. You see, everything is a problem to the one who does not really love the Lord. You see, yes, it is so easy to say, I love the Lord. But what it really means, what does it really mean to love the Lord? Jesus made the explanation very plain and simple. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Number two, and my last point tonight. Amen? Love is, of course, of God. Love is from God. True love is from God. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Love is from God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, Knoweth not God, for God is love. This verse tells us that the real love is from God. This verse also tells us that everyone who loves the way God loves is born of God and knows God. The key to love is to experience God's love. The reason why God has created you and I is for us to experience God's love because we are created in God's image. I have mentioned a while ago that when you love God, there's no problem in giving because the expression of love is always giving. But today, many people are selfish. They think of love something erotic, self-satisfying, 
but real love is from God, and that kind of love is always giving and sacrificing. For God so loved the world that He gave. The law of this world is to get and to get more. But the law of God's love is to give and to give more. That's why it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is happier to give than to receive. God expresses love by giving because love always gives. And God gave His only, only, only begotten Son. Oh, what a sacrifice, you see. True love is not selfish. True love is always giving and sacrificing. There's a quotation that says, One day love will come in the, in, uh, love will come in the form of somebody who wants to give you more than take. And you will know why love is rare. Somebody said that true love is a commitment. Love is more than feelings because feelings come and go. True love is a commitment. You know what? Last week, my wife met a lady. And this lady cried to her. Why? Because her live-in partner doesn't want to marry her. They've been so long, they've been together for so long, yet the guy, the man, doesn't want commitment. And my wife told her, that is not true love. True love is not only a commitment. True love is directed towards imperfect people. Isn't it that kind of love from the Lord? Unconditional love? Loving imperfect people like us. Love with commitment and directed towards imperfect people. Sometimes we are tempted to say, oh, how I love my church. I just can't stand my church mate. Sometimes we are tempted to say, oh, how I love the Lord, but I just can't stand difficult people. Are you thinking of your family members now? Difficult people? Are you thinking of your brothers and sisters in the church now? Sometimes we encounter difficult people. But I'm telling you, if you love God, you will learn to love each other the way God loves you. Did you know that the exact statement, love one another, is written many times in our Bible? In John 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. John 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. For Romans chapter 13, verse 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for yourselves are taught of God to love one another. 1 Peter 1.22, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. 1 John 3.11, For this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that ye should love one another. 1 John 3.23, And this is his commandment, that ye should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and, his, and love one another as he gave us commandment. 
First John 4:7, beloved, let us love one another. First John 4:11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. First John 4:12, no man had seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. So true love is a commitment towards imperfect people. For what purpose? To seek their highest good. It means that true love can say, I love you and I want the best for you. Yes, that's true love. Seeking the highest good of others and not the other way around. Sana mamatay ka na. No. Romans 13 verse 10 said, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Other Bible translation says, Love never hurts a neighbor. Sometimes many of us forget to love somebody for their good. Let me give you an example. Suppose you have a friend, and you know what he's doing is wrong. But when you are together, you don't bring it up. When you don't, why you don't talk about it when you are together? You might say, Pastor June, I don't want to correct my friend because I don't, I don't want to lose our friendship. Seriously? You don't want to correct your friend just because you don't want to lose your friendship? Are you kidding me? If that's your philosophy in life, I'm telling you right now, there is no wisdom in that philosophy. Why? Because you don't really love that person. You love yourself and that's not true love. You're after yourself. You see, if I love you, and I notice you are eating poison, and I know that poison will kill you, I don't care if you will get mad at me, but I will tell you what you are doing is wrong. You know why? Because I love you, and my love is to seek your highest good and not your worst destruction. I don't care if I lose my identity. I don't care if I lose our friendship. But because I love you more, I am after your interest. And that's the meaning of true love. Not self-seeking, but seeking the highest good of others. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says that love seeketh not her own. Philippians 2 verse 4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is the kind of love that God wants us to have. I love with the commitment towards imperfect people to seek their highest good. And some parents don't know how to love their children because they spoil their children. Some husbands don't know how to love their wives because instead of loving their wives, they are loving another. There are also some wives who don't know how to love their husbands. Because they don't submit and honor and respect their husbands because they thought they are smarter than their husbands. There are also some children who don't know how to love their parents because they are unthankful, unholy, disobedient. I repeat, true love is a commitment towards imperfect people to seek their highest good. But sometimes seeking the highest good of others requires sacrifice because it's not easy. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible said, God commanded or demonstrated. That's a commitment. His love toward us. That is God's love. 
in that while we were yet sinners, that as imperfect people, Christ died for us, that is sacrifice. Love, if necessary, requires sacrifice. While we are still sinners, what did He do? Christ died for us. Why did He die for us? Because our greatest need is forgiveness. And God saw that we desperately need forgive, needed forgiveness. How can a sinner go to heaven without being forgiven? That's the reason why Christ died for you and me, in order to pay the penalty of our sin, so that you can be forgiven and be declared righteous and justified before the Holy God. Yes, forgiveness is free, but it is not cheap because it is very costly. It took the sinless blood of Christ to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Such love is the kind of love the Lord wants us to understand. 1 John 3.16 said, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought also to lay our lives for the brethren. 1 John 4 verse 10, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and set His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Indeed, true love requires sacrifice. And through the sacrificial love of Christ, who commanded us, to love one another. And don't just say it. Demonstrate it the way the Bible commanded us. And now in my conclusion. So what should we do with this greatest commandment? Simply obey. Love is simply obeying the Lord. Number two. Realize that love is from God. And demonstrated in Christ. So should we. Remember the, uh, that Romans chapter 5 verse 8 tells us that the love of God is a commitment toward imperfect people with the desire to seek their highest good. And if necessary, this love is willing to sacrifice. Now, are you committed to demonstrate God's love towards others with the desire to seek their highest good? And if necessary, are you willing to sacrifice like Jesus did? Now let's go back to the lawyer who asked Jesus a question. Did you know that this lawyer was a Pharisee? And the Bible describes the Pharisee as an influential religious sect in the time of Christ. And these Pharisees were known for their self-righteousness and pride. But this is the definition of A.W. Tozer about a Pharisee. He said, A Pharisee is hard on others and easy on himself. But a spiritual man is easy on others and hard on himself. Now let me ask you this question. Who are you tonight? Are you like a Pharisee who is hard on others? Or a publican? who is hard on himself and says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your word. Sometimes we feel we are you are silent, especially in our deepest need. But you are not silent because it's not your nature to keep silent because you are the word. And because you are the word, you always speak by your word through the Holy Spirit in us. 
And would you please bless this message now in our hearts to nourish our spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.